0: Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: We're continuing understanding this gospel series two, and today would be part 10, and I honestly cannot believe how we got here. Amen. So it means we have spent nine weeks discussing the audience of the gospel. That's insane. So we ended off last week by saying that we receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. Right? Yes, sir. And we engage in the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. Yes? Because it is the power of God. That's what we left off last week, right? We engage, we receive the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. We engage in the preaching and teaching of the gospel every time. Because it is the power of God. So today we're going to be looking at the power of the gospel understand this gospel series 2 part 10 romans chapter 1 the power of the gospel i know you say you know but approach this series like you don't approach the series like you don't romans chapter 1 i need from verse 13 to 17 in the tpt oh we're gonna have such a great time today oh my god so my dear brothers and sisters please don't interpret my failure this is paul talking to the roman church hence he calls them my brothers and sisters romans 1 verse 7 Just so you understand and get a better sense of who he's talking to. Romans 1.7, the TPT, that's where we are. I write this letter to all his beloved chosen ones in Rome. For you, beloved chosen ones, have been divinely summoned to be holy. Or called saints. New King James says, or King James. Hagios, sanctified ones. So who is Paul talking to in this letter? Saints. Right? Yes. Holy ones. Yes. Holy by calling, not by performance. Yes. All right? So now this is the people he's talking to in verse 13. Therefore he calls them beloved brothers and sisters or brethren. Right? Yes. In, the, in the New King James 1 and 13. But dear brothers and sisters, please don't interpret my failure to visit you as indifferent or as me not caring. Right? Because many times I've intended to come but I have not been released to do so up till now. For I long to enjoy a harvest of spiritual fruit among you, like I've experienced among the nations. Read verse 13 again. So my dear brothers and sisters, please don't interpret my failure to visit you as indifference, because many times I've intended to come, but have not been able or have not been released to do so up until now. So Paul intended to visit them. But, you know, it hadn't quite worked. Yeah? For I long to enjoy a harvest of spiritual fruit among you, like I've experienced among the nations. Verse 14. Love. Who is Paul talking to? Love obligates me to preach to everyone. To those who are among the elite, pay attention to the audience of the gospel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even just where we left off last week. Love compels me to preach to everyone, to those who are elite, and to those who are among the outcasts, to those who are wise, and educated, as well as to those who are foolish and unlearned. (laughs) You see how clear it is? Now see see, see the next thing. Remember I told you it's, it's for the saved and the sinner. So now he says, that is why I'm excited about coming to preach the wonderful message of Jesus to you in Rome. They are saved by the gospel. He's coming to preach to them, but he's not intimating them that he's going to preach any other message. He's talking to saints, he's talking to brothers and sisters, and he's saying, I'm, I'm excited about coming to you because I want to preach the gospel to you one more time. Yes, sir same gospel that saved them same gospel in which they stand the same gospel he's gingering to return to preach to them not to the unsaved people in rome the elite the outcast the unlearned the smart the educated and to the saints put that scripture back up the wonderful message of jesus to you in rome 16. i refuse to be ashamed Of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ for I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved the Jew first and then people everywhere 17 and the last (laughs) this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe and it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. Now, show us the scripture again in the message. We're looking at it in three translations before I start teaching. Show us in the message from verse 13 through to 17. It says, please don't interpret my failure to visit your friends. You have no idea how many times I've made plans for Rome. I've been so determined to get some personal enjoyment out of God's work among you. As I have in so many other non-Jewish towns and communities. But something has always come up and prevented it. Everyone I meet, it matters little or it doesn't matter. Whether they are mannered or rude. Whether they are smart or simple. It deepens my sense of interdependence and obligation. Fifteen. And that's why I can't wait to get to you in Rome, preaching these wonderful good news of God. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him. Starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. Seventeen. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith confirming what scripture has said all along the person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives New King James uh, 13 now I do not want you to be unaware brethren that I often planned to come to you but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also just as among the other Gentiles I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach what? To you who are in Rome also. You believers who are in Rome need to hear the gospel. Why am I eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome? Because I am not ashamed of it. Are you following? Yes, sir. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. All I have to preach is the gospel. Yes, sir. Yeah. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first. And also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God. Is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written the just shall live by faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel. 16. Because it is the power of God. Unto salvation. That's why people wanted to come and see you. Preach to you that gospel. That is the power of God. Unto salvation. I want to come and preach to you. Who are saved. About the gospel. That is the power. To salvation. Paul is speaking to saved people, not unsaved people. At face value, he's speaking to people who have received salvation. And he's saying, I want to come and preach to you the gospel of salvation. And sometimes people look at these things and then we start to coin up things like people re- rededicating themselves. I want to preach to you who are saved about salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, of Christ Jesus, because it's the power of God unto salvation. But you're telling people who have experienced salvation until you start to look carefully at what Paul was saying. The legal luminary that he was. Because you see, a lot of us forget that the difference between Paul and the apostles that worked with Jesus was that educational speaking, they were not his mate. All the guys that worked with Jesus were illiterate all fishermen. Yes. Paul was not. Paul was a, a trained lawyer mm-hmm. who decided to go into construction business. Yeah? yeah decided to go into tent making. Yes. Not just was he an astute lawyer, he was a trained Pharisee. Yes. He tells them in Philippians. Yes. He actually says of himself in Philippians 3, Pharisee of Pharisees. That's what he said. He said, so among... See, um, when there's Pharisees, inside the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the Pharisees that the Pharisees look up to and learn from. Yes. Do you understand now? Okay. He says, if anyone will boast, I much more. Verse 4. Philippians 3, 4. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law the Pharisee concerning zeal persecuting the church concerning righteousness which is the law blameless wow do you know what that means? Saul is telling you that see I never wore two different fabrics all my life I never touched somebody who was in on a period, yes, and didn't wash up. I didn't sleep on the same bed. I didn't plant two different crops on my on my field. Concerning righteousness by the law, blameless. That's who you should listen to when he tells you it amounts to nothing. Yes, sir. When he tells you it amounts, you see, a poor man can get up and say, "Money is vanity. Who needs money?" Yeah. 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 Yeah when Solomon gets up and tells you it's vanity, that's who you should listen to. Do you understand? Oh, money, money is nothing. Wait until you have it. Food safe. Who does food help? Wait until you have food. But someone who is an authority in that department says to you, for we know that a righteousness from God apart from the law has been revealed. He's not trying to just put the law aside like something that doesn't matter. He has kept the law. He has been the law. <laughs> it's been the law. It's not somebody who will come and. So that's the contrast between him and the apostles that were with Jesus. He was astute. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he was a Roman citizen at the same time. Crazy dude. You are an authentic Jew. Quintessential Jew. Roman passport carrying Roman citizen. Then you are a legal luminary. Then you are a construction guy. And then even as a legal luminary and a Pharisee. You trained under Gamaliel. The best. The emeritus of the law in his time. Understudy Gamaliel. For a while. So when Paul writes or speaks, he has a distinct touch yes. to how he articulates himself. Yes, sir. He's not trying to find how to speak.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Now, cultural context are important in understanding scripture. Yes, who wrote, where the person was, who the person was, how the person was is important. Gives credence to their writing. So when someone like Paul speaks one sentence, he has spoken a thousand things yes,
2: sir.
1: that you have to dig a little deeper to unpack. Yes, sir. I grew up knowing Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. But as I've developed this series and studied and studied and studied and studied, there's things that I'm unraveling. And so when, 2018, 19 was when I, 2018 was when I began to develop the Understanding This Gospel series. Then we started off and, and left it. Right? We did season one in 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019. So from 2017 into 18, as I began to study the gospel with, with a view to developing this teaching series and eventually a book series. I began to pay my attention to stuff. And one of the things I, I began to pay attention to was Romans 1.16. I've been waiting four years to teach it. And it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The word ashamed is the word epixcusonomai. E-P-A-I-S-C-H-U-N-O-M-A-I. <laughs> Get it? Yes, I know, sir. E yes, p a i. S-C-H-U-M-O-M-A-I. Have you got it now? Yes, sir. Episcunomai. A good throw. That's the word ashamed. Thank you. Or, depending on the tanks te- the or the context, unashamed. Are you here? It's from the word shame. And it means here to be disgraced like someone singled out because they misplaced their confidence or support or believed a big lie. <laughs> to be disgraced, but not just disgraced like randomly, but singled out because they misplaced their confidence in or support for or believed a big lie. Lie. Imagine how all of us here know that um, it was Abigail's birth anniversary yesterday, and then I didn't come out and say that there is a car gift for Abigail outside. It's a Rolls Royce Phantom 2021. But all of us in the room, except Abigail, know that is a lie. Right? When she goes out, sees that there's no car, no kekena pep. No motorcycle. Nothing. She comes in looking absolutely stupid. And the joke is not lost on the rest of us because all of the rest of us knew that it was a big lie. That's epic. It's different from her having an expectation and just goes out and realizes the expectation is dashed. In other words, the way she feels, if I just told her, I brought a car for you, and she dashes out and sees that there's no car. She's embarrassed, but it's not global. It's not public. Does that make sense? And and so that shame is different. She's disappointed, but she's not shamed. So the shame comes from all of us being here, and all of us except you know that you have just been played. So when you find out, you're like, oh my God, uh, the proverbial Nigerian saying, I feel like the ground should just open. Does that make sense? At that point, it's not about the disappointment as much as it is the shame that comes from knowing you can't hide because out of all of us here, you are the only one that has been played and did not know you were being played. Yeah. Are you following? That's what it's referring to as shame in that sense. Not just the shame that you feel, but the shame that everybody is joining you to celebrate because everybody knows that you trusted in something. You believed in something. You publicly supported something. And have now been found out. That what you, dis- what you supported. What you believed. Was a lie. Not just a lie. But in the Greek. A big lie. So not just a lie. You can sweep under the carpet. Does that make sense? That's the word of with good It also goes on to say. To, to be personally humiliated. Obviously, right? It means to be personally humiliated. It gets worse. It also means to bring a fitting or deserving shame. Fitting or deserving shame that matches the error of wrongly believing or identifying with something. Somebody goes to a native doctor, he's fortified for a mission at the time where it fails and you're trying to disappear and it's not working that's a fitting and deserving shame for wrongly reposing your trust in something
2: yes. Yes.
1: does that make sense yes, the embarrassment imagine after you, st- you stand in front of someone and you talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and I will shoot you now, say your last prayer mm-hmm. and it best you to pray, pray and you don't cock the gun and it doesn't shoot <laughs> and you, you crank it and crank it and it's jammed and that's all you have uh, gone at that time you understand what you see that trust in the arm of flesh
2: ah, Yes,
1: sir. I'm painting a picture for you the shame do you know there's people that met their waterloo that realized they met it before they met it most people that died didn't even know they have died they didn't have time to die. They
2: yes, yes. just died.
1: Does that make sense? Somebody is shot, and as soon as the lead goes through the person, the person's dead. Do you understand? They didn't even have chance to die. Does, does that make sense? I was watching. I a, a, a love medieval uh, shows, and, and and I was watching Vikings, Valhalla, the new one. And this guy drives a knife into this guy's chest. And the knife is there, and he says, as I pull this knife out now, you're going to bleed out and die. Because obviously the knife is in there, it's hurting the guy, but it's stopping the blood from flowing. Does that make sense? Until I pull it out. So he goes, so when I pull it out, you're going to bleed out and die. But before I do, I want you to look up there and tell me what you see. Because he had challenged the captain of the boat, like, um, what's it called now? Mutiny. Challenged the captain of the boat and said they were lost. They were going to England. And the guy took off, and I I challenged the guy. And just as he stabs the guy, he says, before I do that, look up and tell you guys what you see. And he looked up and he saw the shore, England. He saw land. After telling them that they were lost, you know. And then he takes the knife out. The guy saw his death coming. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> Episcopal number The fitting and deserving shame and misfortune of realizing, ah, I chose the wrong side. Is what Paul uses to say, "I'm not ashamed." Are you following me? Yes, I'm going to take it easy. Fitting and deserving shame and misfortune that comes with identifying with or choosing the wrong thing to believe. Are you here? Yes. Sir. That's episkomenoi. The error of wrongly identifying or aligning with something. Paul says, I am not ashamed. I am not in the position, I will never be in the position where the joke is on me for believing the gospel. I will never be in a place where I come into disgrace because it suddenly dawns on me that what I believed was the big lie. I am not in a place I will never be in a place where I have to suffer public personal humiliation because I chose the wrong side to believe. I have not been found. I am not found. I will not be found in a place where I have to pay for my lack of discernment. For aligning with something that was not true. This is a lawyer speaking. So he says, I've carefully considered the particulars of the gospel. And I have determined that the lies, the, the deception, the disgrace, the shame that comes with being found out to have followed a lie shall never be applied in my life. Hallelujah. I will never be in a place where I have to say, wow, just before I die. I am undone. I believed what was not true. No, that shame does not apply to me. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. To be in a place where I'm going to have to swallow my words, yes, yes, yes. eat back what I said. Because I have been played. I have been played. I was taken advantage of. Alas, it was not true. Not only was it a lie, it was the lie, the, the big lie, the one that, that determines what every other lie is. essentially, Paul is saying, I have staked my integrity. I've staked my entire awareness that if this thing, in fact, is not a lie. I've understood what would happen to me if what I've believed or chosen to believe is a lie. And I've concluded it cannot happen to me. Because what I've believed is true. Again, somebody who has been seven years in Arabia, in the wilderness... Studying and hearing directly from the Lord when he speaks, believe him.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: But Paul says, I'm not ashamed. I've staked this is why in the same Philippians three, he will say, I count everything as dung for the excellency of the gospel. Again, somebody who doesn't have anything, it's easy for that person to say, I've given everything. The rich young ruler walked away sad and sorrowful because he had many possessions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Many possessions. The blind guy that they said don't tell anybody. He still told everybody. that still followed Jesus, jumping and praising. He had nothing to lose. Are you following me now? <laughs> 6,000, 5,000 men besides women and children and John 6 got fed. Next day, entered boats. No it means they have no work, no business, no food at home. Or they just like the bread that Jesus gave them. Oh, yeah. You know what? In fact, let's make you king, remember? When Jesus died, none of them were there. They if fact say it didn't say crucify him. So left to those people, Jesus would have stayed on that cross. Savers so to come and meet him there. But they wrap him in a mat and put him in the floor on the ground two feet. But for the wealthy Joseph of Arimathea yes. and Nicodemus, yes. Because it was together yes. that they went to take the body of Jesus. Yes. But the rich young ruler went away because he was, oh, he was sorrowful. Because he had, scripture says he has many possessions. Yeah. So it's easy for somebody who hasn't doesn't have much to say, oh, I've given it all up. What have you given up? Again, we don't understand. I don't know if I should even go here. We don't understand basic, basic concepts in scripture. I've mentioned this before, like the basic concept of the widow's might. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Jesus sat, you know everybody that has one million in his account and gives three hundred k in a launching and says his widow's mite. might is a fraud? He's foolish. He's proud. Call it anything else. Don't call it widow's might. Yes. Widow's might is everything." everything. So widow's mite can be $2 billion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Widow's mite is not in the size, it's in the value. Yes, sir. But over time, religion has made us see widow's might as the small thing I'm giving that I can afford to give now, even though I have more. If after you gave, you're going back to something, it was not your widow's mite. <laughs> Does that make sense? If after you gave, you have something to go back to, don't call what you gave the widow's mite. Don't. Jesus says, this one gave more because she gave all. It's value. So Paul will look at it and say, I'm not ashamed. I count, I count all as done for the excellency of the gospel. I've investigated this thing. I know what I've seen. I know who I've seen. That's not somebody I am prepared to doubt. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Can we speak a little intellectually now? That's how somebody I'm prepared to question. Yes,
2: sir.
1: As, as concerning the law, faultless. Can you, can you imagine a Roman who was a Jew circumcised on the eighth day? Mm, yeah. A Roman pagan? Yes. Yes, sir. Who is a Jew on the eighth day he was circumcised? Eight day. They're flogging him. And on the, the moment he said, I appealed to Caesar. Panic broke out among the ranks of the people. Because they don't flog a Roman citizen like that. I will not be found in a place where I have to eat my words because I chose the wrong side to believe. Humble man. I will not be found in a place where I will say, Whoa! I, I should have chosen someone else. This was a waste of my time. This stuff ain't real. Paul says emphatically, "I'm not ashamed." The joke will never be on me, ever. Yes. ever. ever. Yes. This is why these guys could die for what they believed. Yes. No, I mean, never be on me. Never be in that position. And Paul says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." That's what he said. Follow means to follow. It says First Corinthians 11, 1. So. Follow me. I said, I will follow. So he says, I'm not ashamed. I will never be in that place. What is the subject matter for which I will never be in that place? The gospel.
2: gospel,
1: Evangelion. Good news of God's eternal will for mankind. That one, that gospel, the gospel will never put me to shame. And he was not referring to, oh, my God. When he says, I'm not ashamed, he's not referring to physical shame. Because the believer for the gospel will be shamed. It is a promise. So we will be shamed for what we believe but nobody who has conviction, hear me, has ever been stopped by shame. Be unashamed, resting the conviction that what I have chosen to believe is not a lie. So what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel doesn't mean oh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to declare it. No, that's all, that's all Paul is saying. Yes, yes. Some translations might render it like that, but that's not what he's saying. I'm not afraid, to, I'm not ashamed to, to speak the gospel. I'm not ashamed, that's not, that's not what he's saying. He said I'm not ashamed of the gospel. My identification with the gospel is total. I've staked my entire life's integrity and value on the gospel. On the good news, because it is the power. (laughs) Let me show you one scripture, Second Timothy. Paul is saying he's not going. Let me let me just read it out. Paul is saying he is not going to be disgraced, shamed, humiliated for the error or foolishness of wrongly believing, identifying and aligning with the gospel as a lie. In other words. He is sure of what he has believed. He is sure of whom he has believed. So already we see Paul saying that he's not going to be disgraced, shamed, humiliated for the error or foolishness of wrongly believing, identifying or aligning with the gospel as a lie. In other words, he's sure of what he has believed. He's sure of who he has believed. 2nd Timothy 1 eight to 8-12 is anybody getting anything? yes sir. so this is the same word Episkunomai he's telling Timothy do not be ashamed this is the same word and he gives him the same reason yes. of the testimony of our Lord then he tells Timothy who is wrapping his kingdom business while he Paul is in prison for the yes. gospel does that make sense yes, sir. Yeah. So, so imagine Paul in prison and not just prison from one prison to another and then he tells Timothy don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord and don't be ashamed of me his prisoner don't feel like you did wrong by following me because I'm in prison are you here now are you guys following Don't feel like, oh, choosing to stick with me was a lie. Just because of the circumstance. Are you guys here? Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord of me is prisoner. Yes. But share with me in the suffering. For the gospel. According to the power of God. See the the same words? Yes. Who has saved us has saved us. Yes. Yes, Somebody say has. has. Has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not this holy calling. Not according to our works. Hmm. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. See when before time began was when it was given to us but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles verse 12 Oh. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Ah! Nevertheless, I,
2: I am not a fiso
1: no. More. Yes I am not ashamed. Keep going. for I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able, please pay attention to that word, able you didn't know it until today Okay. to keep what I have entrusted to him committed to him until, pay attention to this next phrase, that day I am not ashamed verse 12 on the top I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. That's where my not ashamed comes from. Even when yes. I am sinned. Yes. For the gospel. Yes,
2: sir.
1: I am not ashamed of the gospel. Yes, sir. I will be shamed for the gospel. But I will not be ashamed of the gospel yes, I will not be in the place where I have to apologize for believing the gospel
2: yes, sir.
1: for I know in whom I believed oh and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day until we are trying to establish I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. The power of the gospel. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know whom I believed. I know in whom I believed.
2: I know whom I believe.
1: And I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day.
2: Yes, thank you, yes,
1: <laughs> so here's Paul's taking all his honor and integrity. On the gospel. I don't know about you, but that's instructive. Yeah. It's instructive yeah. and it's assuring at the same time. Yeah. So we've, we've looked at Episcopal for shamed or unashamed. We've looked at Evangelion of the gospel, right? Because it is the power of God. Do not miss. The gospel is the dunamis of God. Dunamis is a noun or the noun rendition that comes from the verb dunamai. Dunamai is the verb or the acting. Dunamis is a state of power. Does that make sense? So dunamis comes from the word dunamai. D, just dunamis, but instead of M-I-S, it's M-A-I. That's the verb. Are you here? (laughs) I don't think you're ready for this one. Because you know dunamai, dunamis, means ability. Right? Ability to do something. But in my studies in this series, I found out that the best way to describe the power of God, the best way to describe dunamai or dunamis, is to call it the can of god if i'm at liberty to coin english words i will call it the ability, god's ability to can and you will see why in a few moments this word appears plenty times in the scriptures and it's so profound it's so simple it's so simple, as easy to miss how profound it is. Do you know what I mean? It simply means God's ability, or it means possibility. Can 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 ability. Wait, well, Romans 16, Remember, jelly, slow, steady, forensic exegesis. Are you there? Now, see some examples of of, of Duname that will interest you. And I want to see the looks on your faces. Matthew 3 9. Dunamai. Can, eh? Can. You're expecting to see power. Do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is Dunamai to raise up children to Abraham. Matthew 6 24. It will get very interesting very soon. C24. No one, Dunamai, serve two masters. So it was not, it's not can as in, oh, you can choose, can, can you? Mm, that's not what can means in Dunamai. That means no one has the ability. It's not necessarily no one, ha, um, if you choose this one, you cannot choose that one. No, 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 no. It's not kind of saying, I can, I can, I can do it. Why do you say I cannot do it? It's that you are not even in the position to even say you can't do it. Yeah. If you have chosen this master, you can't say. You can have the other one at the same time. You can't multitask. can establish an ability. Do you understand? So when we say you can't serve two masters, what, oh, Holy Spirit, help me with this. You, this, is, this is master B. This is master A. Right now, when you hear you can't serve two masters, what comes to your mind is you cannot be here and there at the same time. You have to choose either here or you have to choose here. You you cannot be more here and there. What this brings to mind is the fact that if we allow you, you want to play both. Right? I want to play both because I can do a little here, do a little here. But Jesus is saying, no, you can't do that now. You have to choose. Or you have to choose. But duname, no one can serve. It is the, dun- the, the scope of the cannability that determines for you. So Jesus is not telling you, you cannot be playing both now. Jesus is telling you, you cannot, if you are here. Do all you want to try and serve that master you don't have the ability to yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. because all your ability is linked to one master yes, per time so he's not saying choose now why are you straddling these two why are you doing this why are you doing it like this so let go of one and go to the other that's not what Jesus is saying but that's what English and religion tell Jesus is saying. Yes, but the introduction of the word do not mean" is Jesus is saying, no one has the power to serve both. Such that for you to even try to be serving both is for you to make a liar out of Jesus. Do You understand what I'm saying? Because for, for you to... So, okay you're serving both you now let go of this one it means that you have proven to Jesus I feel I feel, I feel do the two now yes. Jesus is now convincing you but uh uh you know go are effective now yeah. so if you want to be really effective you have to let go of this one and stay with this one okay this one you like this one better okay so stay take this one and leave that one that's what it looks like but that's not what the scripture is saying yes, sir. Jesus is informing you yes, sir. as you are now You don't have the ability to play both ways. You can't generate that ability. You can not. Does that make sense? Or you cannot can. Once you are with this master, stretch all you want. This master is not in your reach. Does that make sense? So no one can serve two masters. No matter how hard you try, there will never be the ability to connect with this master once you are here. The same thing applies here. Once you have cleaved to this master, no matter what the pool is, you cannot connect to this master. No one has the ability to play two masters. Thank you guys. Do do, do you understand it? Now see verse 27. Mm -hmm. No one can. So why, why are we struggling? It's because we are trying to deceive ourselves to think that we can. And that's essentially you stretching for the impossible. Twenty-seven. Which of you, by worrying, do not make, add one cubit to his stature? In other words, explain to me the power that your worrying has to add to you. What power does your worrying have to better your situation? But well, so when you're in English, you just see can. Which of you, by worrying, can and you move on? You just look at this. But which of you, by worrying, has the power to change your circumstance? By worry. By worrying. Uh-huh. So, it's the canab. You, you see why I say cannability now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Which of you, by worrying, have the power? Which of you have worried enough to change your situation?
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. Which of you have worried enough? You worried so much that your worry released power to add to your stature. How did you achieve this? Ah, my brother, come and see the secret. I worried myself into it. I worried myself into it. I worried so much that my situation changed. So again, it's a rhetorical statement. Jesus is not asking that question because he thinks you have an answer. He's informing you that your worrying cannot can.
2: Which
1: yes, of you, by worrying, do you think Jesus was expecting that among the crowd, somebody says, Uncle, yeah. Uncle I? In fact, see, let me give you my praise report of how worrying added one cubit to my stature. It's a rhetorical question. Jesus is informing you. You, can, you, you cannot. Not just do you not have the possibility. You do not have the power. You don't have the ability. Even if you thought it was possible. This is one thing for it to be possible. It's another thing for you to be able to do what is possible. So even if you think it is possible, you are not able to do it. So, possibility or not, leave it. You don't have ability. Yes. Does that make sense? Both possibility and ability, you don't have it. And even if you thought, oh, it's possible, you're not able to do it. Yes, I'm trying to go ahead of myself, but now to him who is. Yes, yes. Same word. A peace could no my See. Somebody sang it recently. God no go shame us. They looked to him. Their faces were radiant. They were not ashamed. And my people, Joel 2:26, shall not be put to shame. He was not saying, My people shall not be mocked in the street. that's not what I were saying
2: yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. that's what they were saying that's not what they were saying down to him who is down to him who can <laughs> not to the one that's saying
2: you
1: no. Know, not, not to the one that's even saying it's possible you know 70 virgins when you die you know you're they have no ability even if they've sold to you a possibility. Yes,
2: yes. Yes.
1: Now to him who can yes, forget the other words. If you miss this one. Yes, <laughs> Matthew 8 and 2. Behold, the leper came and worshipped him and said, Lord. If you are willing, again, it's not suggesting. If you are, if you are willing, you can choose. It's not suggesting choice. You can choose. So it's not. Don't think can and think choice. That's English. Can dunamai. It's not choice. It's ability. But see, when you read the scripture, it makes you look like you know. If you decide to make me clean. You can know. Oh. No, it's not it's not English. Yes, sir. If you are willing, already establishes the choice matter. Willingness. So what he's saying is the problem now, sir, yes. is not even your willingness. Is that me I know? As as for ability. It is not, not you have it. Yes. It is you that has it. Yes. There's a difference. Yes, There's a difference between you have ability. And the ability for this thing lies with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Yes,
2: sir.
1: Steffi, right now. Sylvia is projecting right now. Sylvia is projecting right now. Stephanie is not projecting, but Stephanie can. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes okay.
1: If Stephanie is willing, okay, yes. she can be projecting. Yes, she has ability.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Shalom, go and project. Shalom, are you willing to project? Because yes. anything your daddy tells you to do, because it's your daddy that tells you, you do it. Yes. Do you have the ability? No.
2: Does that make sense now?
1: I'm trying to find something here that, okay, nobody else here, maybe it will be now by virtue of association. Nobody else in the room right now is a plumber. Nobody right now. So if you have an issue now, right now, in the bathroom. So now you see Debbie, Sean, Daniel, went enter the bathroom. Hey, there's water. When they enter the bathroom, they'll still form a ring and wait for the person that is able. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: The person that can. Yes. So, Steffi has ability to project.
2: Yes.
1: Sylvia has ability to project. In this room right now, the ability to plumb lies only with killing doesn't make sense so this guy was not telling jesus if you like if you like to choose you know i've identified you as one of the people that can heal me one of the people that has ability Mm -mm. this guy has been around for a while so when he came he was telling jesus maybe informing jesus what he didn't think jesus knew Sir, the only problem we have now is your willingness. But if it's ability, it lies with you. You are the one that is able, powerful enough to make me clean. So can we not talk about your ability? Can we just be, be sure if you are willing? But the ability is you. you that has it. If you're willing, you can. You have power. You are powerful enough to make me home. And look at Jesus' swagged up reply in verse 3. Very swagged up, sweet reply. Just put out his hand and touched him and saying, <laughs> I'm willing. Oh yeah, Be clear. Jesus didn't even invoke power. <laughs> he didn't even invoke any power he didn't say anything that's why he apologized to the father in John 11 at the tomb of Lazarus I'm only, I'm only talking to you so these ones can believe I'm willing <laughs> because the guy knew sir you, you not only can you addict can in this matter if this matter can be solved if this matter can be solved you are the can of this matter dunamai now because it's always mostly we see it rendered power only in English you don't know how much work dunamai is doing in the scriptures how much work the word dunamai is doing in the scriptures even when it's not called power but it would be an accurate translation to say, "Sir, if you are willing, you have all the power. In fact, all the power to make me whole lives with you." Yes, sir. Are you here? Yes, sir. Matthew nine twenty eight. Are you getting the picture? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, hallelujah! Matthew nine twenty eight. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them. Do you believe that I am Dunamai? Do you believe that I have power to do this? Do you believe that I am the one that can do this? That's what you Three more examples. John 146. John 146. And Nathaniel said to him Does Nazareth have the ability to supply anything good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's clear now. Yes, sir. Can do not mind. We are talking the savior of the world. You are calling Nazareth. Are you crazy? That's, that, was, that was the vibe. Again, the issue was not the matter of uh, uh, Messiah. Okay, yes. Yeah, we know he's coming. And there are places that might be able to be powerful enough to produce him. I'm calling Nazareth. What has Nazareth ever produced? They're calling Messiah. Nazareth, again, rhetorical question. Can anything good come out? He was not asking you to give him yes, 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 yes. He was informing you. Said, yes, yes. so, See, listen. <laughs> as far as the power to produce the Messiah of the world is concerned, Nazareth doesn't have it. Nazareth can the power to produce the Messiah. Uh, John 1.46 Philip said to him, come and see. <laughs> Acts, I love this one. Acts 2032. One of your favorite scriptures. But this now changes how you see it. Acts 2032. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which has and is the ability to build you up yes, so next time you say nothing else can say it with light it's not that nothing else uh, they can try No, no, nothing else even has the ability to try to build you up yes, sir. Yes, sir. let them finish it amounts to nothing Because the ability to build you up lies with the word of his grace. Oh, is this where I wrote what I wrote? Yes, it is. But there's one more scripture standing in the way, but I cannot help myself. As I've said what I've said, it lies with the word of his grace. So, you know, know, and I had to go and tell you now that to reject the gospel is to reject the power of God. Yes, sir. If you are messing with the message of grace, you are messing with the power of God you will never enjoy. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which, ah, do not mind. able, has ability. It is the ability. Which is powerful enough to build you up. So to reject the word of his grace is to reject the power of God. To trivialize the word of His grace is to trivialize the power of God. Yes, to despise the word of His grace is to despise the word of God. To become familiar with the word of His grace is to become familiar with the power of God. Yes, One more scripture, and then we continue. Romans eight thirty nine. <laughs> Are you getting this? Yes, sir. <laughs> Go from to thirty eight. For I am persuaded, 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 Persuaded. that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall... (laughs) shall be able so no, no matter how hard it tries it is not powerful enough death, life principalities sit and join them powers height depth things past things present things to come are not wired with enough ability (laughs) to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus are you here the gospel therefore is the encapsulation Of everything God is able to do. The gospel is the encapsulation of everything God is able to do. So reject the gospel. Reject the entire ability of God. That's why you keep binding things last week. That you bound last year. Binding them today. That you bound last week and the cycle of curses never stops. Yes. After we bind the cycle of curses, we we'll remember the curses from your father's house. Yes, and after we bind those from your father's house, the ones from your mother's house have woken up. Yes. So you have to bind again. And bind curses after curses. Never mind the fact that he redeemed us from the curse. Uh, never mind. So if you reject the gospel, you reject the entire power of God and therefore you are responsible for generating your own safety. Now your own safety, you have to do it every day. You cannot trust that yesterday's prayer covered today. You can't trust that you have headache, you go for deliverance. For headache. You have running stomach, they tell you you go for deliverance. That means when we came for deliverance, we had as hot as the Holy Ghost fire was, it only drove out the demon of headache. Yeah. Since we didn't prescribe Holy Ghost fire for the running stomach, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, even lash you drop you on the floor, you vomited, vomited, but all that came out of you was headache demon. All the other demons just sat there. Holy Ghost was pouring fire on you. They're dilemma. No, it's not me there after. It's not me. Now my own is 7th to 13th of May. Come on. Uh, the program that will deal with my own is 70% of me. No, be now. And now, after me, you get out. <laughs> so, while from outside, they're shouting, Get out! Even the other demons saying, My friend, get out. Give us a <laughs> chance. We will have one more month.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, somehow, the daily administered Holy Ghost is not powerful enough. Somehow, it's not powerful enough. Oh, but there's one medication you can take, one Neurofen you can take that would handle yes. cold, sore throat, yes. migraine, aches and pains, high temperature, sore throat, yes. Neurofen, Ibuprofen. But Holy Ghost cannot handle all. Yeah. Yeah. Daraphrim, once a week on Sunday. Remember Daraprim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but your Holy Ghost, for the rest of your life, you keep applying Him and His blood. Keep pleading his blood. Why? We have refused the gospel. So we have refused the power. See, stick to the gospel. You get why. There is a reason why. Power. Is the power see why that gospel is a person yes. because if the gospel is a, is the power of God first Corinthians 1 18 first mm-hmm. Corinthians 1 18 look at this for the message of the cross is foolishness that's the gospel mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Hey, but to us who are, look at this, for to us who are being saved, pay attention to that, too, we're coming. Eat the message of the cross, eat the gospel, is thee. Not has thee, is thee. Not is a, is thee. Not has a. Is the. Not is a. Is a power will identify or conclude or suggest that there are other powers. Or that at least it contains power even if it has the power. Such that it is a container carrying power. This bottle has water. The bottle is not water. Does it make sense? The gospel doesn't have power like the gospel being a container that the gospel is power. power the substance of power is the gospel it is the power of god the gospel it romans 1 16 i'm not ashamed of the gospel it is the message of the cross it is until you get to verse 24 you see that they eat all along first corinthians 1 24. 23 go, go to 23 but we preach Christ crucified to the jews a stumbling block Christ crucified to the jews a stumbling block to the greeks Christ crucified foolishness but to those who are called both jews or greeks Christ the power the gospel is the power of god I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is it. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is. Chapter one of First Corinthians, verse eighteen. First Corinthians eight one eighteen, and then in twenty four, we preach Christ, the power, Christ, the message of the cross, Christ, the gospel, because it's not three different powers, the gospel. Message of the cross has its own power. Christ now has his own power. Otherwise it would have been a power, a power, a power. Some of the power. But all of them are the power. So gospel equals word of his grace. Equals message of the cross. Equals Christ. Equals the ability of God. Oh, hallelujah. The word, the power, the believer. Do you get that? So let's stroll back to Romans one sixteen. That's our text. That's our text. Just do that one verse. It's our text. Oh, God can. God can. Romans one sixteen right? I'm not ashamed. I, Of the evangelion of Christos, where it is the dunamai, right? Of God, theon, to salvation. Soteria. So, <laughs> Soteria from the word Soter, which is from the word so If you go back to my salvation, really forever, you remember the definitions. Of salvation, understand this gospel earlier on as well. Welfare, right? Prosperity, deliverance, preservation, redemption, safety, right? Salvation. But you know, the word soteria doesn't apply to just saving from sin. And that's also crucial in understanding Romans one sixteen. If all that comes to your mind when you hear salvation is sin, yes, you will not understand the yes. doctrine of the grace of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because as I've established in previous parts of this series, sin has never been the problem. Never. 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 It's human beings that have... Jesus came and he trivialized... He was, was, uh, see... Sin is live sin, sorted. We've removed. Now I've removed you, you yourself, you are even dead to sin. So what you are calling sin now, what is it? Did Paul call it sin? Or did he call it what they should put away? Because sin would have necessitated repentance. I told you I'll teach on it someday. Yes, sir. If what was going on in the churches was sin, yes. Paul would have called them to the place of repentance. He yes. tells them you are dead. To yes. yes, sin. You are dead to sin. That means you can't sin. If you, want to, if, if you wanted to try, you can't sin. If you are dead to sin, where is your dunamai for it coming from? Who is supplying to you the power to sin? Because the unbeliever... (laughs) The unbeliever is not an unbeliever because he smokes and you don't. That's not what makes somebody an unbeliever. That's why we have this stupid superiority complex in religion. Like, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't humanize or manize. I don't gamble. I pay my tithe. So, I'm okay. You, look at you. That's why we always use our personal testimony for the gospel. I used to be here. But... I met Jesus. I no longer used to be. That's not the gospel. How do you preach it to somebody who has never drank, never smoked, never humanized, humanized never gambled, never used a swear word in their life. There's people that cannot stand any movie of anybody shooting anybody. That's Not because they're believers. They don't like violence. They're very passive people. Very nice people. They're very, very chilled people, very content people. How do you preach the gospel to them? You will save you from violence, you stop you from beating your wife, it will stop you from drinking, you stop you from being aggressive. So you must be careful to not define sin by acts of the flesh. Because it's believers that are kindly minded. it's believers that are carnally minded so do you now start defining sin by carnality there's a problem does that make sense acts of the flesh are carnal things that believers experience it's not sin you're dead to sin (laughs) you you don't have the ability to sin Your heart is set on God. God makes sure of it. He makes sure of it by saying nothing can separate you from his love. You're not going anywhere from his love. That's why when you mess up now, where is the geographical location for your mess up in his love? That's why you're misbehaving every now and then. Because you are there. You can't go out of the love. Wow. So you, nye, nye, Drop me. Drop me. Like that baby. Yes. Drop me. I want to drop me. You don't get angry. In his love. Because he didn't drop you. You get, get angry. You get offended. You're so frustrated. You go and sit down and drink 200 bottles of beer. In his love. love. Oh. Because last, last. After you finish drinking. Die inside the alcohol. You are dying inside his love. So what is driving you? Alcohol. Oh, let me go and sleep with someone for acceptance. As you finish, you feel empty and dirty. What is happening? In his love. Because you have not yet settled in his love. When you rest in his love, all these childish canal proclivities die off. And that's not what God is counting as sin. Your child doesn't sin against you by refusing to open their mouth for you to feed them. The mom will not tell you, look at this child, this child, has sinned. It's a bad child. Or you feed the child, so like, and the child splashes it out. The child has sinned. No. And I, I keep bringing back the words of Jesus. If you who are evil, You know, sometimes, again, we also also feel like because you are 60 years old, you are not a child of God anymore. You are a cousin of God. You are a brother of God. You have grown. And that's our African approach to God. I've been in that Lord for 40 years. You are a child of God.
2: Yes, I am. Always.
1: You are Archbishop. You are a child of God. You are running 200 parishes. You are a child of God. Child, child. And we let mighty man of God get into our head. We forget you are a man of a mighty God. You are not a powerful man of God. You are a man of a powerful God. Change where you are putting the adjective. Change it. You a powerful, powerful man of God. no, no. A man of a powerful God. Powerful. Powerful God. Man of a mighty God. It's a solid man. of No, it's a man of a solid God. The excellency may be of him and not of us. And the excellence may be of him. But we have changed it. We have changed it. So now we'll read you our CV. We have preached in Guagualada. Abadji, Dubwani, thousands of conferences. How does that prepare me to receive from you? I've shared this stage. That's the stupidest one I never understood. We're, sure what we're, doing. we're just self aggrandizement. We're trying to lift ourselves up, give ourselves credibility. But the excellencies of God, because the ability is of God. Is anybody receiving this? Yes, so salvation goes beyond sin. That's why your sins are forgiven, but your salvation is not complete. Yes. Even though it's finished. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Even though your sins are forgiven, your salvation is not complete, even though it is finished. Because there's more to salvation than just the forgiveness of sin. There's some things I'm trying to not even dabble into. But you see, the word soteria, most of the time the word soteria is used OB9 in the New Testament, is actually, actually referring to more than the forgiveness of sins. It's mostly not even used in the regard of sin. Soteria. When we're dealing with the sin problem, other words are borrowed and used. Look at some examples of soteria. And then let's establish where we are, what the context means, right? Acts 27, 34. Acts twenty seven thirty four. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment. For this is for your survival. Since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. This is when they were in the sheep. Yeah, there was a tempest. This is for your survival. Give me all King James. Survival. This is for your health. Same word. TPT. Now eat and be nourished, for you'll all come through this ordeal without a scratch. NLT. This is total paraphrasing. Eat something now for your own good. That's the word. Amplify. Amplify. I urge you to eat some food for this is for your survival, your health, your good, your soteria. That's the word. That's the word there. You see that? And he was not talking about sin. Eat for your health, salvation. Eat for your good, salvation. Eat for your rescue. For your welfare, salvation. The word there, survival, is the word soteria. You can check it. Philippians 1.19. Philippians 1.19. For I know with confidence that this will turn out for my deliverance, is the word soteria. New King James, other translations run through it. Deliverance, that's the word soteria. Right? Through your prayers, as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance, TPT. That's the word soteria. Because I know that the lavish supply of the Spirit of Jesus, the Anointed One, and your intercession for me will bring about my deliverance. What was he referring to here? Prison. Earlier in chapter 1 of Philippians, it tells you how he's a prisoner in chains from verse 8, somewhere around there. Yeah, Philippians 1 from 7. Yeah, just as, okay, as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart in as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace, right? He actually goes on to talk about how that prison was an opportunity for him to share the gospel because now the prison guards have stayed here in the gospel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Then he now gets to the 19 and says, I'm, I'm therefore, I'm thankful, I'm hopeful that this will turn out for my good or for my deliverance. And the word there is soteria. And sin is not the conversation. Revelation 12.10 Teaching takes time. Revelation 12.10 Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. In where? In where? Is that sin in heaven? Is that sin in heaven? Can there be sin in heaven? Now, was the word there? hold on if there's no sin in heaven how is now salvation in heaven is there sin in heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of god of our god and the power of his christ have come now now for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our god day and night has been cast down and what came salvation where in heaven And again, sin is not the conversation. Romans 13 and 11. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now, our, we, believers. If if our salvation here is from sin, how come we are waiting for it and it's nearer than when, when we first believed for it? Give us another translation, maybe a TPT. <laughs> TPT, thank you. To live like this is all the more urgent for time is running out and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up for our Malagos, our full salvation. It's there now. Amplify. Do this knowing that this is a critical time It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now. So we believed in Christ. We did not get salvation. We just got salvation. We believed in Christ. We received him. We did not get salvation. We just got one salvation. See, salvation is bigger than forgiveness of sin. So when you think of the ability of God, think beyond forgiveness of sin. The gospel is the power of God. Are we making small progress? On salvation that is nearer now. So the context of Romans 116 cannot be seen. Paul is not saying the gospel is God powerful enough to forgive sin. It's not even power I used to forgive it. Sacrifice just went and died. Power of God unto salvation is not power of God to save the sinner. See, God's agenda. O- I'm trying to see God's agenda, sir, has never been for the sinner. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Sinner. No, no, no. God's agenda has always been for his sons yes, in the yes, kingdom. The kingdom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. he just has to start from us bringing the son out of the sinner. We magnify sin too much. The sinner has never been God's goal. Sinners are the hand of an angry God God is looking for sinners to kill, sinners to destroy, sinners to save. No, no, no. Bringing many sons to glory. I know what I'm teaching. I know what I'm teaching. It's not sinners that's been his problem. Sin just stood in the way so he removed it. So he can face his business. Took it out so he can face his business. Jesus is bringing sons into glory, eternal life, immortality. Yes, sir. The kingdom. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir.
1: That is what God yes, defines as salvation. Yes, not, not forgiveness yes, sir. of sins. Yes, sir. Yes. What's that? Yes. So when God is boasting that my power unto salvation... It's not, not saying my power to forgive the sinner. What's that? What is that? Sin. Sin. There has never been an issue. It's what God will be using to boast. It's what Paul will not be saying, I'm ready for whatever will come as a result of believing this thing wrongly. No, no, no. That's not what Paul is taking his integrity on. Yes, sir. It knows too much to do that. Yes. It's deeper than that. Yes. to no, save No, 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 no. That's not what he's referring to as salvation. Go and check each time God is boasting in the New Testament. Establish the context. Go and check. Every time God highlights his ability in the New Testament, check what he's talking about. Able to keep able preserve able to establish able to bring able every time God highlights his ability he's talking about his salvation I'm not see <laughs> every time God draws attention to can you see what I can do every time he does that he's referring to his goal I wish I will get there today because I need to get there I need to get there I need to get there Sin that was taken care of once, 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 once. They will never again be sacrificed for sin. The blood is never going to be pleaded or pled again. Never. Once. Sat down. Sat down doing what? Waiting till. Minding the business. Now let's face the real thing. We well, have done the sacrifice. Eh? Let's, let's now pursue this hope. And we're here fighting over sin. Since forgiven, once saved forever saved once saved always saved. those be that insult the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ by concluding or imagining or suggesting that he's not powerful enough, think again or change God. And allow us to the God who has established that he is able. Make way. Clear the path. For the God who gave his own salvation and staked his name, his ability, his integrity on it. What do you believe if you disbelieve the ability of God? To save, I didn't say to forgive sin. Save. 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 Although, you, you don't want me to get there. Maybe to save, ace to the uttermost. Save to, full stop. Ace, full stop. Save unto, save into. What well, I would appears 1776 times in the New Testament, ace. And each time it's referring to, into, unto, to. Signifying completion. And when Joseph and Mary arrived at Bethlehem, when they got to Bethlehem, that's Ais. It's not just telling you that there's a place called Bethlehem. It's explaining to you that Bethlehem was the end of the journey. They didn't arrive Bethlehem on their way to Nazareth. E-I-S, Ais, when they got to, to. Two, meaning you are arrive at where you are actually going. That's what is used in Hebrews 7.25. He's able to save Ais to the uttermost. He's able to save until you arrive where you're going. This series is dangerous. Where were we? Romans 13:11. Now salvation is <laughs> nearer. Our salvation. Our sins are forgiven. We are waiting for our salvation. Our sins have been removed. So that now we can concentrate on hoping on our salvation. Now, 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 can we be safe, please? So I put down somewhere. Salvation. You understand why? Salvation was never for the unbeliever. forgiveness of sin for the unbeliever but an unbeliever cannot enter salvation it's for sons that receive salvation it is sons that receive salvation it is sons that receive salvation not unbelievers not sinners but how do we make believers how do we make sons by dealing with the sin problem so now, out of the sin problem, now sin is not a problem. Who, who? Everybody's sin is forgiven. Who believes? Okay, you believe. Now enter. Now, everybody's sin is forgiven. But those of you now who have believed, let's now save you. Noah and his family spent 120 years building their salvation. That means at the time they entered the ark. They had spent a hundred and twenty years believing. It's believing that necessitated building. As otherwise, the day that Noah heard the gospel, believed that same day, rain would have fallen, would have entered some sort of place, whatever, and then it's all said and done. But believing brought them out of destruction, which is the absence of salvation, into. So now they walked away from sin. Though they were still in the world
2: yes,
1: that they had believed was being destroyed, yes, but they were still in it another 120 years waiting for their salvation that they believed in 120 years ago. Do you understand it? The, the day they entered the ark was not the day they believed.
2: So, they
1: believed and then they were being saved. Being saved. Being saved. Being saved until they entered salvation yes, sir. and not, not when they arrived God shot him them. it was until they arrived and God shot them that means the door cannot be closed on you until you enter yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: because you have believed yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, teriyah, it's more than sin so, so you see why it takes me a while I will teach something I will wait years until other building blocks are in place before I come back and flesh it out a little bit don't confuse forgiveness of sin with salvation that's why I say people that are talking you don't know the gospel sir we need to sit down and learn the gospel this gospel Just sit down and learn it don't rush off and form new testament That's why there's no translation of conviction. No translation of practice. No translation of action. That's why we are struggling. We are struggling because there's no conviction. It's not deep enough for you to realize this is not a joke. A no mai. I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I know that he is dunamai able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. And we, so you see, we're not just focused, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. We're not just focused on the day on the cross.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: well, focused well on the day of the Lord. Because you see, Ace, 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 2. Hebrews 2, 7, 25. Hebrews 2, 7, 25. Ace, to the uttermost. That word, Ace, it means 2. It also signifies a period, watch this, from sunrise to sunset, from one day to the other day. So he says he's able to save to the uttermost. He's able to carry you from the cross to the glory. I repeat, he's able to carry you from the cross to the glory. He's able to carry you from the cross to the glory. From one day to the next, from sunrise to sunset, a complete period is how he saves, not momentarily or temporarily. Complete period. He carries you from this day of the cross to the glory. The cross, the glory. And everything in between. First Peter 1. Let's, let's, let's go a little further. First Peter 1, 5 to 13. First Peter 1, 5. Who are kept? Look at this. Go back to verse 4. Oh, hallelujah. Go back to verse 3. It's going to be a long read, but I want to pick the good. Let's pick the statement, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. I'll come to that later or in another teaching when I'm dealing about about being born again. Has begotten us again, because the word here that is used is different from anagoniah, which means to be born from above. Right? As in John 3. This, this one is just it means to give birth to you. Or I uh, know uh, 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 ten uh, genao, which means to be born to, for a pregnancy to come to full term and therefore result in the bir- birthing of something. In other words, referred to as new birth or regeneration. Which is what we have confused or translated being born again to mean. So he has begotten us again, which means he has reborn us or he has given us new birth or regenerated us again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead you see that he has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection not the death through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead keep going let me just behave myself he's begotten us to an inheritance incorruptible an undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, Alexander, who is kept by the dynamis of God. I am kept by the ability of God for salvation. And this is not forgiveness of sins, because He said this: this salvation is ready to be revealed in the last. This salvation we are being kept for has not come. Who are being kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Kept there is the word preserved. We are being preserved. Because if we ever say it doesn't fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Keep going. In this you greatly rejoice. (laughs) though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials you are sick your fees are not paid you don't have a house to leave you know your car is giving you issues your family member died you are in debt here and there business you are grieved you understand you are grieved by various trials but that the genuineness of your faith Being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory. At the revelation of Jesus Christ, keep going. One sentence, it's still going. Whom, having not seen. Now, we see Jesus. Or have not seen him. You have not seen him, you love. Though now you do not see him, you believe. And you rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory. Go on. Receiving the end. I'm I'm trying to not go again. I'm trying to not go ahead of myself. Holy Spirit, help me. The word for end there is the word telos in the Greek. Eh? Telos. Romans 10.4. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. The word used there is the same word here. The word is telos. It means end quite alright. But not end as we know it. Telos means aim or goal. Telos. In the it means the aim, goal or purpose of something. Such that it doesn't terminate until its goal is achieved. So when it says Christ is the end end of the law It's not just saying christ ended the law he's saying christ was the goal of the law christ was the aim of the law christ was the purpose of the law christ was the message of the law the law came to reveal christ not just that Christ came to end the law and finish it. That's why the law was a tutor, Galatians says, to bring us on to so Christ is the goal of the law. That's why he will say to them in John 5, Moses wrote of me. If you believe Moses, you'd have believed me. For Moses wrote of me. So Moses is the one that will convict you on that day. Because Christ is the goal of the law. So in Luke 24, he begins to expound to them in the scriptures things concerning him. Oh, slow of heart to believe all that was written concerning me in the law and the prophets. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? So Christ is the goal, the telos of the law. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Not just Christ is the one that came and completed the law, so it's finished. Are you following me now? And then First Peter says there in chapter 1 and verse 10 or so that you are receiving the end of your faith. Not that your faith is ending. You are receiving the goal for which you have been believing. You are receiving the purpose for your believing. You are receiving the the, 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 the aim, you are receiving the goal, you're receiving the outcome of your faith. What is it? The salvation. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. oh, it was oh, 10. Telos. Telos. Oh, oh, oh. Can I help you? When Jesus screamed in John nineteen twenty-one, 21, Telestai. <laughs> Telestai <inaudible> came from Telios, <inaudible> which came from Telos. The it is complete, finished. Nothing remaining to be added. Jesus was not just saying, oh, I finished this thing in Kronos or in Kairos. He's saying, The purpose, the goal, the aim has been achieved. Now I can die. The Telester came from Telios, which came from Telos, the end. So, when you see him introduced in Revelation as Alpha Omega, beginning and end, doesn't suggest that anything with God will end. Because what is forever cannot end. So, beginning and end doesn't mean that there is an end with God, but that he is the beginning, the originator, the author. He is the end, the perfecter yes, or the finisher yes, of our faith. So yeah. Jesus being the end means he is the destination. He's yeah. yes. 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 he the goal. Yes, yes. He, is the yes, yes. he is the ultimate. He is the outcome. Yes, yes. He is all that will be left standing. Yes, yes. Not that he will end. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Woo. Destination. So, Soteria is used in more instances than just forgiveness of sins. Tell your neighbor, think beyond forgiveness of sins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think beyond. Think beyond. Think beyond. Think beyond. Think beyond. In Galatians 4 6, it says that because you are sons, he has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying, about Father. Hmm. I wrote down three things here. The first work of the Spirit in us is to transmit faith by the hearing of the gospel. That's the first work of the Spirit of God in us. Transmit faith by the hearing of the gospel. Are you here? First thing. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit does. That's the first work he does. The second work he does is to regenerate us. By the same faith he has transmitted to us. Regenerate his new birth. What people are now confusing with being born again. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know people, oh Jesus. You know people come and say that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and asked him, what must I do to be saved? You know Nicodemus did not ask Jesus any question. Not a single question. He came to him at night and he says, You know what? It, it looks like you are a teacher sent from God. Verse 3. I say to you, except when we're born again. Straight up. Just hits him. John 3:1. Nicodemus did you not know, ask just a question. John 3 1. Put it up. <laughs> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, said rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from god for no one can do the signs that you do unless god is with him the guy identified who jesus was jesus answered and said to him most assuredly i say to you unless one is born again so if jesus was preaching to nicodemus the gospel of forgiveness of sins jesus did a bad job there is no underlying preceding context For it. The guy didn't even come with doubts. He came with conviction. Hear me. Nicodemus arrived at Jesus' place with conviction. He came because he knew who Jesus was. Yeah, teacher, come from God. No man can do the things that you're doing except he came from God. Ah, except you are born again. You can't enter, enter this kingdom. So he sensed that someone whose heart was right towards God was inquisitive about the kingdom. Nicodemus did not come to Jesus looking for forgiveness of sin. Nicodemus came to Jesus, what will happen after I die? He just did not have the opportunity to ask the question. Jesus hits him with the answer. Because you see, this is the same nomenclature that we see in John 4. They are talking about water human perceives okay i perceive you're a prophet this question has been disturbing me be jews used to say that you worship in jerusalem we she left water the moment she identified i've been waiting to ask a prophet this question I, i know it's water but no 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 you're a prophet i have a question it's not water it's worship so, so the, the, the nomenclature tells you it has been a burning question in her heart for God knows how long. Maybe, I mean, I mean, maybe it's postulation. Maybe it's if she kept changing men because nobody could explain this thing to her. It's, I mean, it's, it's a possibility. That she was just going from man to man, just seeking for someone to fill a void. Because how can, think about it postulation. How can a woman who has been with six men have a heart towards God? She, was not, she, she had an opportunity to ask relationship dynamics. She had a question to ask, who am I really married to? You know, these men, self, I'm not even sure they've been treating me like... She had an opportunity to ask all kinds of things about her condition. She totally blanked her condition with six men and went straight to worship of God. Careful before you condemn her. Careful before you condemn her. She had been jumping from place to place, I'm sure, trying to find something to fill that void. And no one could give her, so she would get up and go. Not because she was a wayward woman. Get up and go, get up and go, get up and go, get up and go. Now I've met you. Answer this question that has been stressing me. Uh Jesus starts to answer and give her more. Because she comes to him to come, she comes to him with a geographic question: yeah. Where? Yeah. She <laughs> just says, "You worship in." Yeah. Yeah. Picture the same nomenclature now with Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Nico comes again, but this time like in Nico's case, he has sort of clocked to a degree that like there's something unusual about Jesus. Yeah. So therefore, I will ask him this pressing question of kingdom of God. Explain to me how to see the kingdom of God. In, in, the, in the medieval times, early post, in, in fact, before Jesus, and right after Jesus, there's been always a burning desire to lay hold of the kingdom of God yes. among the Jews. And Nicodemus, Jesus was even teasing him. He said, Ah, art thou a teacher in Israel and you don't know these things?
2: Yes, yes. Verse
1: 5. John 3, 5. Jesus yapped Nicodemus. Yes. The Jews have always been obsessed with the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus. From the way Jesus starts to answer him about the kingdom, Jesus literally goes right past the sin problem. Because again, Jesus came to deal with the sin problem. Do you understand? Chances are before he met Nicodemus, he had forgiven some sins here and there. Yes. So he didn't come addressing Nicodemus yes, concerning, concerning sin. Him. He addressed Nicodemus concerning the kingdom and then eventually said, okay, this is why Otus, God loved the world. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who did Jesus tell Otus to? Nicodemus. It's John, 3. John 3. John 3, 16 was to Nicodemus. Yes, yes, the same One conversation till verse 18. To Nicodemus. Same conversation in John 3. Yes, sir. So, Jesus explains the kingdom to Nico yeah. before he eventually says, this is why God now, as a result of this kingdom thing now, yeah. is, why the, God, is now why God loved the world and sent Jesus to die for the world. Though, yeah. That you believe and receive this thing I'm telling you about.
2: Yeah,
1: yes, sir. <laughs> Except to be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. Except to be born of water and spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, being born again in the context of John 3 is not regeneration. It's not new birth. What we call born again now is actually new birth or regeneration. The phrase in the Greek used to refer to that in Peter and James 1.18. Uh, 1 Peter 1.5, right through to 11. James 1.18, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 have nothing to do with the phrase used in John 3 for born again. Born again, Born from above different from being given new life different terms even though english renders them both in one or two cases first peter 1 23 renders both of them born again but they're not they're two absolutely different things are you here so the first thing the holy spirit does is to transmit faith in us at the hearing of the gospel romans 10 17, right faith comes by hearing hearing the word second thing the holy spirit does is to now regenerate you by the same faith that he transmitted into you or to give you new birth does that make sense that's what happens when when god sends the spirit of his son into your heart to cry abba father you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but the spirit of adoption by which you cry abba father romans 8 that's regeneration are you here then he starts to do other works in us, including guiding us, most importantly, among those works, as it were, on the earth, guiding us into all truth concerning Jesus. Yes, sir. Because Jesus tells them in John 14 and 16, he will not speak of himself. Yeah. Yes? He said he will take of me, Jesus, and give to you. Yes. So the Holy Spirit's primary ministry in the believer who has been regenerated is to unpack or reveal Jesus yes, to him. Yes, right? He will take of me and give to you. So the Holy Spirit has no message. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit has no own agenda. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He reveals Jesus. So any spirit that it claims to be the Holy Spirit that does not reveal Jesus is not holy. Yes, that makes it a familiar spirit. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Guides us into all truths, reveals Jesus, and acts as a seal and guarantee of eternal life. By acting as the deposit or installment of the Father's promise. Now, I've taught you all of this. Even recently in, in CVA, we talked about access by one spirit. I talked about this. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives regener- Regeneration. He gives conviction, he gives faith, and then he seals us preparing for, right? So back to Paul's conviction, Romans 1.16. It is clear that he's talking about much more than regeneration. That's why I took time to show you what regeneration is. What we're confused with being born again. Forgiveness of sins is not being born again. Forgiveness of sins is being given new birth. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me with these people in the name of Jesus. In order for someone to be born again, they must first be born. And that first birth must be pure. It's not born from sin into righteousness that is born again. If born again is is being translated from sin To righteousness, then it will imply that Jesus started off unrighteous. But Jesus was born righteous. He knew no sin as the man Jesus. So, born again for Jesus could not have meant from sinner to saint. But he, Jesus was born again. He's called the firstborn from the dead. If born again is regeneration. If bo- I'm, I'm not teaching it here too. If being born again means that you are be- translated from darkness to light. Then Jesus, what happened? Because Jesus was never in darkness. In fact, that light shined in darkness. So, but it says Jesus was born again. When then was Jesus born again? If the born againness of Jesus was not from darkness to light, how is yours from darkness to light? Being born again is from one level of glory. Glory. To the other. One level of faith. I'm going ahead of myself now because after the the power of the gospel, I will teach you the righteousness of the gospel. And again, the the entire righteousness is in one verse, Romans 1.17. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. The righteousness of God is revealed. And again, it's not righteousness as an imputation of of right standing. Righteousness, consciousness. The reckoning of God's. The plan of God, the agenda of God, is revealed as it takes us from faith to faith, Yay, yes as it is written, "The just shall live by faith." It's not referring to you shall get your car by faith.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: But yeah, we'll get there. The righteousness of the gospel. Why God is powerful. This is righteousness. Yes. Because God's problem with us was not us. God's problem with us was God. God's problem with us was his righteousness and our unrighteousness. That now made his righteousness become wrath to us who were workers of unrighteousness. God's problem with me as a sinner was his own righteousness. Because he's the one that sets the standard for himself. It's not me. people and god knew so now god is not angry at unrighteousness whose problem is that so how does he deal with it by satisfying his wrath yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. by satisfying his own wrath reversing his wrath against unrighteousness by replacing unrighteousness with righteousness his problem is solution is the beneficiary? Because you know how Romans starts in chapter one. For the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. That's where the problem started. <laughs> if you missed it, don't worry. I'll teach it. It's not there. Romans one five or something somewhere there. Find it. The wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. So we now paint God as angry. So it's the hand of an angry God. No. God's plan has never been foreseen us. Have you found it? Romans 1? For the wrath of God is revealed. 18. He's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who suppress the truth is unrighteousness. Unri- That's the problem. There's unrighteousness. Unrighteousness triggers God's wrath. But he doesn't respond in his wrath. He responds in his love to remove unrighteousness and give us righteousness so he can now see what he likes and be comfortable with it.
2: Yes.
1: Paul is in one sixteen. he's not talking sin, mm. power regarding to salvation. No, 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 no. He's talking more than regeneration. Yes. He's, not talking, he's talking more than forgiveness of sins. He's talking more than conversion. Yes. yes sir. <laughs> It's talking being born again. Your first born in is not the one that you were born in sin. Doesn't count. Yes. Your first born in is your natural life as a believer. This is the one you're living now, now. Of water. Yes. Oh, my water broke. A life came about. Now, that life, that life, you're receiving life. Living that life, living
2: that
1: life in light is your first experience of the hope of life. That's why you are called a new, new, new creation. Does that make sense? Coming, coming from darkness into light. He's not being born again. It's being born. That day your life starts. Your natural life, this natural life starts when you are regenerated. Because before then, you were dead. In sin.
2: Therefore,
1: dead to Christ. You are not alive to be born again. It's somebody who's alive that's born again. You were dead. You died. Colossians 3 3. Your life's like it. So before you got saved, you're not alive. What happened when Adam ate the fruit in Genesis 3? Man died.
2: So essentially,
1: that means man in God's scheme of things ceased to exist.
2: Yes, yes, sir.
1: So when you receive regeneration, new birth, just new, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Peter says he gave you birth by the incorruptible word of God, the seed, not of corruptible seed. So you were born. You were incarnated. So your natural life only starts to count from when you were regenerated. You only started to live, L-I-V-E, when you received forgiveness of sins.
2: That's
1: your first birth. That's when your life began. So Peter will say, as newborn babes, Is that not second Peter, is it two, two, somewhere there? Yeah, second Peter, I think, two, two, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk. First Peter, two, two, not second Peter, as newborn babes. Who is newborn babes? Somebody that just started to live as a son.
2: That's
1: not you being born again, ma. That's you being born. A new, not again. Remember, I talked about adoption. Not happening the day a child is born.
2: Do
1: you get it now? So you are born. That's your. F- that's where your life started. Your former life doesn't count
2: doesn't count. you are they?
1: dead. Where are they absolutely dead. No record of life in heaven. So you're born. You now start your journey in light. Yes, that experience. Uh-huh. In your body of water. Your corrupt body. Yes? yes your yes, corrupt body. Your natural body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to see your adoption, this body cannot collect it. Yes. So, to collect this body that can handle your adoption, yes. you have to be born again. So, death is actually a rite of passage. I'll show you maybe next week. First Corinthians 15. So, you're, you're, the reason why you are left in your natural body is because your natural body is a seed sown to receive your incorruptible body. Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, It is sown in natural body. So, to a believer, dying is seed. Eternal life being the harvest. That's why to live is Christ, to die is gain. Because when I die, I have now sowed. Because except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So, 1 Corinthians 15 explains it, therefore, that you will sow this body in corruption. You will now reap it in incorruption. You saw it a natural body. You will reap it a spiritual body. So careful how you hold on to your body.
2: Yes,
1: because God. I've gone ahead of myself again. God is interested in your body. Yes, sir. Careful. I'm not going to go here. Not today. Not today. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. If I ever insinuated, I don't think I have, but if I ever insinuated that God is not interested in your body, I repent. I I repent. If I ever insinuated that your body has no plan in the eternal will of God, forgive me. Because God is interested in your body. In fact, this salvation that you're expecting is not a salvation of your soul. Is the salvation of your body. Your soul has been saved. The soul is not in question. What we're waiting to save is your body, sir. So now you can now have you can now have a body that can handle the fullness of your eternal life. And again, I'm going ahead of myself. But those of you who are here on the earth and have struggled with sickness, see a body is coming, and, and then, and then you know, Legion has now lied to you that oh, when you go to heaven, it's all over. When it's not, it's not in heaven; it's here. It's here see here, hear me, care, hear me carefully, hear me carefully. A new body is what necessitated a new earth. As you have suffered with this earthly body, in this nonsense earth, by the time we give you a glorified body, you need a regenerated glorified earth to enjoy your glorified body in. So no, religion has sold you a lie that you'll be in heaven worshipping around the throne. No, no, no. You will be on this earth live a wonderful life go running and not worry about your heart rates eat what you want to eat and not worry about being poisoned play games with your children do the things you couldn't do in your natural body because you will receive a glorified body in a glorified earth that is why in Romans 8 he says creation earnestly awaits manifestation not sons awaiting creation awaits manifest because creation." Will Will change to conform with your change. Yeah! Creation will change to line up with your change. Once you are glorified, creation has to be glorified. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, when scripture says a new heaven and a new earth, I was asking, I've been asking the question, what body would live on that earth? What is going to happen in that earth? If we, if afterwards we are going to heaven? what happens in that Eden happens in that earth. So, it is people without knowledge that downplay the hope of immortality. But we that know, to we that know, to we... It is the power of God unto salvation? That is the salvation we are talking about. That's the power of God we're talking about. Paul's emphasis is on the hope of salvation, not the act of salvation you see saving your sins was just a token was just an act because it's out of sinners repented out of sinners regenerated out of sinners converted that we have sons as many as receive him to them he gave authority exousia to become sons of God as many as believe on his name so that is a necessary requirement for starting this journey of first birth first birth are you understanding when I tell you some things are not the end you say, oh yeah the way the way to what it's the way to what the door to where Jesus kept saying these things we just didn't take him seriously to what so Nicodemus comes to him and gets that burning question what next that's what Nicodemus was asking what next he just tells you hey you have to be born of water born of spirit then you can enter. So Jesus is called the firstborn of many brethren. He's not called the firstborn of many brethren because he was born by Mary. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Because he's called, Colossians 1, the firstborn from the dead. Yes, it's from the dead that he became born again. Firstborn from the dead. First yes, Corinthians 15 now says, Each in his own order. First Christ, the first fruits. Shabada, and then us. Yes, Aha. first Christ the first fruit first fruit of what first fruit of people that will resurrect from the dead having sown their corrupt body and reaped and incorrupt that is the salvation that Paul is saying I will not be ashamed of the gospel ah because it is what shows me that God is able to bring me into salvation oh better give him praise in here give him praise and glory you better give him praise celebrate the salvation that is coming the salvation that is coming wherever you are celebrate the salvation that is coming Oh, come on, go ahead, wherever you are. Wherever you are, go ahead and celebrate the power of God to save. You see why this is something that only God can do. No works can do it. No law can do it. No righteousness of men can do it. No regulations and rules can do it. No human ability can do it. It has to be something that only God can. Only God can. God can only God can celebrate it in here look at Romans eight twenty. just as a teaser to further encourage you Romans 8 same 8 of Romans for we know that the whole creation Groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. See verse twenty-three. Please look at this. Not only that, somebody say not only that.
2: Not only that. Hey,
1: Lama. But we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Look at this, <laughs> eagerly waiting for the adoption. Am I teaching you well? What is adoption? The redemption. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> <inaudible> you all know Philippians 3.20 for our citizenship our conversation is in heaven from where also we eagerly expect a savior that's Philippians 3.20 look at 21 just the next verse our Jesus Christ that is coming will transform our lowly body so that our lowly body may be conformed to his glorious body Yes. According to he, the working by which he is yes. able yes. even to subdue yes. all things to himself,
2: yes.
1: your mortal body will conform to his glorious body. Yes, your body, this is your body. Hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. It's, it's power unto salvation, it's beyond just sin, sin no no no, that's why something only God can do, people stayed in the old testament sinless and could not conform Paul said as concerning the law, I was blameless and he couldn't have you noticed my servant Job, there's none as meek as him in all the earth he couldn't. Moses make friend of God't. Yes, could God conversed with him as a man, talks to a friend apart from us. Mm. could mm. be made mm. Mm. Because this is not something any man can.
2: Yes,
1: well only God can The power of the gospel is the can ability. Of God to deliver you into what He started. Yeah. The end, the goal, the ultimate, the outcome. telos when yes. He screamed, "It is finished." Was beyond your sin Ma. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, no. ah. Ah. That's why you start running after it and trying to trying to help yourself, trying to stay righteous, trying to be pious, trying to please God. No, He's all done. telos yes. He, He that is the end, has finished it to the end. Yes, sir. We are waiting eagerly to lay hold of that hope that make it not ashamed. So we are not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of the gospel. See why I tell you I can preach the gospel all day, every day. You can't be proud like this. You'll be humble. you sit down. Shut up and learn.
2: You can't run around
1: and feel like you know something because you know what apokalotropos is.
2: Do
1: <laughs> you, know, you understand what I'm saying? You know the Greek word for redemption. You know the Greek word for salvation. You now feel like you know the gospel. Calm down. It's not what puffs up. The more you're learning, the more you're learning. I don't know anything. Yes. Every day. No one knows it as much as you ought to. First Corinthians two. Every day you realize, I know. I thought I knew it that's where god wants you to be perpetually in the realm of i thought i knew it never wants you to be in the place where you can say i think i know it now you won't get there until you're born again and i understand that what we are teaching is not popular i understand that what we're teaching will resonate to only very few local assemblies around where we are and it's okay until we all come to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the son of God perfect man and my duty is just to stay and press on until that day my assignment is to not die in the flesh until that day my challenge is to not give up to have my hands held up and strengthened until that day there's us reasoning to this thing but you can't be so deadened that you just get up and go to church on a Sunday for two hours, one hour and go back home and feel like you have come into something there's real life questions out there people are asking just because I say, oh, the gospel is not practical how's this for practical how much more practical can this be it's what defines our life now and in the one to come pay attention to it grow thereby and we might be shamed for it and it's okay we may be shamed but we're not ashamed for this hope does not make ashamed. shame wherever you are just glorify god and give him praise
0: well that's it for today's teaching we trust it has been worth your time for more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the Truth Simply Put or at the Church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on 234 70 8864 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.